0: What if a family member that you didn't even like was in charge of writing the story of your life? Let's talk about the hard stuff today. You ready? Let's do this. Hi, my name is Stephanie Pleka, and I'm here to navigate the messy parts of motherhood. I'm a small-town mom of four who took a parenting blog and wrote a book to help moms find the goodness in the hard places, to chase their dreams and write their story. So sit tight in the carpool lane. You know what I'm talking about, mamas. Comfortable in those yoga pants? And get ready to be encouraged. This is the Motherhood Mindset with Stephanie Pletka. Who is writing your story? So I ran this two hundred mile race and before you're like, Oh my gosh, she's such in good shape nah. It was the Ragnar race and I was running in Vegas and it was it was like three days, yeah, thirty six hours, twelve people, two vans, and we were running on a rotation. So there might be some people running five miles, seven miles, twelve miles. But we were running around Lake Mead for like 36 hours, and so it was so beautiful out, and you never, you know, you might run at seven in the morning, and then you might run at 2 a.m. when it was completely dark outside, and all you heard was what was going on in your head. You could hear your breathing. You know, you look up at the stars at night. Oh my gosh, it was so gorgeous. I mean, you know, there are a few times in your life where you're just like, wow, I wish I could share this with someone. But at the same time, it feels so good to be alone. And just I can't believe how awesome this is. And it's just me right here and right now, you know, just kind of like me and God. And so the stars were out. Suddenly, I'm running my five miles at two in the morning around Lake Mead. And I see a little light like far away. I see it From behind me, passing me. And I think, what is that? So I turn around and I look, and we're all wearing these like spelunker lights, you know, on our head so we can see where we're going in the night. And I look back, and it looked like it was a mile away. This person was catching up to me. No, I focused on this person so much. I kept looking back. I kept looking back. I would run a little bit and I would look back and he just kept, this person kept getting closer and closer. And instead of focusing on me and my race and my story, I was allowing this guy to write my story. I kept thinking, oh, he's going to beat me. Oh, he's going to catch up to me. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. And I had all these. So I kept looking back. And before I knew it, I had this uh, friend who always says, you cannot Move forward if you're always looking back. Susan Miller, the author of After the Boxes Are Impact. And so I kept looking back. And when I did, I heard this voice inside that said, girl, write your story. Don't look back. Stay focused on the road ahead. Stay focused on where you're headed. But there was this little something on my shoulder that kept saying, look back just to see where he is, just to know where they're coming from, how close they're getting. Suddenly, I had this huge burn, like like appendicitis or something. I mean, it hurt so bad. It was like something split or tore in my side. And and you know what it was? It was from looking back, looking back while I was trying to run forward, looking back. It was the dumbest thing the entire rest of the race. I think it was like another 40 minutes. I had to hold, like squeeze my side, like to keep it together, to keep it from hurting so I wouldn't stop the race. Because I just kept looking back. And that has definitely been a life lesson for me. Stop looking back, girl. When you're on a mission and you know where you're headed, it's like headed to the airport. Nobody stops to go, you know what? That is a nice looking restaurant. We should go there sometime. Have you seen that house? We should tour that area. You know, maybe we want to move there. No, we're headed to the airport and we're going 70 miles an hour and we are flying, right? We know where we're headed But when we don't and we lose ourselves, we're allowing the guy behind us with that spelunker light to write our own story. And you know what? Half the time he doesn't know it, but we are relieving ourselves of our own independence and our own thoughts and desires. And we're just handing it off to somebody else to say, here, you take it. You take the baton. I hope you write a good story for me. I'd like to say a few things about like what I like and could I do that? Could I could I tell you and share with you some of the things I like and what I don't like? And they're like, no, I don't care. <laughs> and we just hand it off to them to write our own story. So today we're gonna talk about that. How to there's this uh this guy, he's a surfer, Laird Hamilton, and he's always saying then make sure that your worst enemy doesn't live between your ears. Isn't that so simple? Our worst enemy living between our ears. It's not like the cops can come and say, and we point to him and go, take him. This is what he did. You know, he have, you know, he did this offensive thing, but instead we're like, it's us sitting on the couch, you know, minding our own business. And we hear our own self say, girl, you are not good enough. You know, when we ask, is my butt too big? You know what we're asking? We're asking, do I matter? Does what I do matter? You know in proverbs twenty nine eighteen it says, "Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. I want to talk a little bit about my book, Living Your Best Life." In chapter One, it talks about identity and how oftentimes we're wearing these hats, all the roles that we play. And somewhere in the mix, we lose ourselves, literally just lose ourselves. We cannot remember what we like, what we dislike, because we are so focused on what our kids, our neighbors, the PTA, what our car looks like, what our house looks like, how great it looks on the inside for that party that we're going to have. What do the kids look like with the photography session before I send it out for the spring, the summer, the holidays? And everything is about what we look like and and how much we care about what other people think about you know our family and our reputation and our brand and all the stuff and sometimes we lose ourselves we just can't even remember what what we're like what what you know back in the day when we really enjoyed this one thing or we had a hobby or we painted or do you remember the last time you got those tools out to paint the brush? Was it acrylic? What was it that made you so happy? Did you, were you a runner? So many things hash out or creativity when you're on the run or how it made you feel, you know, energized or, you know, healthier. And we don't do that anymore. I know for me, sometimes I'll I'll have like this workout routine and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get up at six in the morning and I'm going to work out. But instead, I start, oh, I need to clean up this kitchen real quick. Oh, the kids need this before school. Oh, And then I just keep placing me further and further back. Does anybody else ever do that? Raise your hand in the car right now. You're in carpool lane or, you know, you're sitting on a park bench and you're listening to this and you're like, totally me. We just keep putting ourselves back, 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 back a little further, a little further. It's like a, an escalator. It's life just keeps moving and we did not put ourselves first. And what happens when you don't do that? I am so over the selfish thing because, look, if we don't take care of ourselves, if we don't put ourselves first and we just keep putting everybody else, everybody else, you're going to be sidelined. So we can either sideline ourselves a little bit day by day by taking care of ourselves and eating right and doing those exercises that I know I should be doing and substitute things like the drinks for water and going out and saying, oh, I'm going to paint today or I'm going to run today or interior design or whatever that thing is that just makes you so happy. It just feels like a shining light around your head, you know, do more of those things. Because we set the tone for our family. And if we don't put into ourselves, then we're just going to be sidelined by something or someone or bad health. And then, you know, I always think to myself, what if my kids, if I'm putting into me now, my kids look at this and go, you know what? Mom loves being a mom. Mom looks like she's having fun. I had said once in a, a show before that my kid, you know, when they're in, kindergarten and the teachers ask like what does your mommy do when you're at school and there's the funniest answers you know and what colors your mom's hair oh how much does she weigh i don't know why they asked that one (laughs) that's a vault that will never be opened. (laughs) let me tell you (laughs) how old is your mom you know and they'll be like 18 you know it's just really cute And one of my kids said, my mom rides roller coasters when I'm at school. And I thought, that is so funny. You know, every Mother's Day, that's what I love to do. And I ask to do that. And um, so every year we find ourselves at some amusement park, usually Six Flags, And we're riding roller coasters because that's my favorite thing to do. And I said, why do you think mom rides roller coasters every day? And he said, Mom, because when we come home, you said I had a fun day. And that's what he associated fun with was riding roller coasters. And, you know, mom does not have to be suffrage. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Mom does not have to equal suffrage. It's so easy to take stuff out of the sky and be like, "Ugh," and complain, complain, complain about all the things. Or we can retrain our brain, which is much harder to do because mine wants to sit on the couch in a fog, you know, eat junk food and watch Netflix. I mean, it just does. And it wants to be the lowest common denominator of itself. (laughs) And so we have to retrain our brain to be like, you know what? I'm going to find the goodness in the day. Even if it was a little spark of a speck of nothingness, hardly any at all. There is something to celebrate because the sky is blue because it was sunny today because my teenagers spoke, (laughs) they did a half smile, you know, because the littles picked up a few things and their toys and I didn't like break something on the way to the bathroom and step on a sideways Lego. I mean, there are so many things to be thankful about. And when we see momhood as, Hey, you know, we're taking ownership and writing our story, then and not hand it off to, you know Uncle Eddie or somebody that's going to write our story for us. How do we allow other people to write our story? I'm going to give you some examples here. Number one would be to let other people's expectations, you know, decide our day. For an example, instead of me standing up and saying and being counted and being like, "Hey, this is what I want to do today." You know, I'm so afraid that somebody else is going to be disappointed or I'm not going to meet their expectations. Um, I allow self-doubt or fear or, you know, what somebody else wants to do. Take precedence over myself. You know, it's like uh, you make toast for your kids, you know, the garlic bread with your Caesar salad at night. And there's one burnt one. As a mom, we're probably going to take the burnt one first. And I'm like, no, no. Hey, you made it. You created this stuff. You were the one that worked hard to make it happen. You grab what you want. But instead, we're just like, "Oh, it's okay. I'll take the one that's, you know, or the plate that has like nothing on it, or I'll, you know, I'll be the one." And we're constantly in that mode of it's like, "Ugh, suffrage." And we want to our kids, our people around us to be like, "Hey, you know what? Being a mom is is pretty darn great. It's a pretty great gig." Because, you know, our kids, they look at us and they're like, hey, mom, you know, we have these great conversations in the car and we're laughing and talking. You know, I could just be like, hey, whatever, kid, you didn't do the dishes. Or instead, I'm like, hey, let's do the dishes together. And we create this conversation or will the kids are wrestling in the kitchen or Like there are ways to turn it around and write our own story. But oftentimes what happens is we just give it away. We give our power away. So here are two or three ways that I'm going to share with you today to take our power back. And number one is to establish boundaries. Okay. Boundaries need to be made public. Right? Dr. Henry Cloud created, wrote this book called Boundaries and one called Necessary Endings. You got to read them, okay? Run, don't walk to buy these books. All right, create boundaries. They need to be made public. Just like a puppy dog when he's in this circle and he's trying to figure out, you know, where are the boundaries? Can I go over to the neighbor's house or is the line drawn by the mailbox? You know, and you've got these little red flags that tell people, tell the puppy where the line is drawn. If he steps over that, that's when they become a trespasser, right? That's when you hear the beep, that's the warning. And then if you go over it, there's going to be a zap. Something hurts, right? So that's the way it needs to be stand up and create a boundary. And you're like, oh, but so and so is going to be mad or they're going to be hurt or they're going to be. Listen. Stop the, what if, what if, what if they are, blah, blah. Look, you don't create boundaries to tick people off or make them mad at you. You create a boundary to honor yourself. All right, create a boundary to honor yourself. Now, if you don't create that boundary, there's a whole host of things. People become trespassers. People are showing up to your house at nine and 10 o'clock. They're calling you on the phone on Saturdays when you don't want, you know, when you want to be with your family because they don't know. They don't know what you like, what you don't. They don't know where the boundary is. And that's on you. So number one, establish boundaries. Okay. Number two, when you're writing your story and you know what the vision is for your life and you're like, I want to be a writer. I want to do a podcast. I want to start an interior design business. I want to go back to school. I want to be an entrepreneur. I, Whatever it is, you want to lead a Bible study. You want to have retreats. I don't know. Whatever that is, you want to run the Boston Marathon. You know what your mission is. You know what your vision is. And you've got to start mapping it out. Look, does doing running a marathon, does that mean you're going to be running 10 miles on Saturday? Then you've got to like carve out time to do that. An interior design business, you got to start telling people, "Hey, I've got an interior design business. This is; these are some of the things I do." Maybe you've got to start um, creating this um, this buzz and networking, and but you have to know, like, start writing now what you want to do, where you want to be, where you want to go. Now, there's going to be people in your life. They're like, Ugh, I don't want you to run ten miles on Saturday. I want us to go shopping." And you're going to have to say. You're going to have to pull that red flag up, that boundary, and say, look, this is what I'm doing. It's only for six months. This is a dream of mine. And when people are like, well, I don't like it, stand up for yourself and say, well, I can understand that. I can understand that you want to spend more time with me, but this is what I'm doing for now, and I'm carving out this time, and I appreciate you respecting that and really cheering me on. Okay? So there are going to be people in your life that are going to say no. There's going to be someone who says no to a, um, a raise at work. There's going to be somebody that says no to a position. There's going to be people in your life that say no to a lot of things. But you have to stand up and be like, I cannot allow your no to be my no. And I appreciate what you're saying, but this is where I am right now. And this is where I'm headed. And not everyone will understand your dream. And that is Okay. You know, what is that? Don't throw your pearls before swine. Um, Don't tell everybody what you're doing. You've got to know what your purpose is and you have to write your own story. Because, girl, I'm going to tell you now. There are people, they are lined up to write your story. I mean, they got pens in their hand. They got ballpoint pens. They got the yellow legal paper. And they are ready. You just tell them when. <laughs> and they are ready. You step aside from your life and you don't be the authority or the advocate for yourself. And they're going to be like, hey, I got you. And it ain't going to be the story that you won't. It may be the story of, you know, you'll never see that Boston Marathon. You'll never do all the things that you wanted to do because you're just stepping aside your life and you're becoming small instead of living up to your potential and doing the thing that makes you happiest. Living Your Best Life is a book I wrote. It's on basically the 12 lies that we tell ourselves and how to deal with those. Number one is on identity thief, how we allow people to really steal our identity because after a while of giving, 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 not saying no, not putting up boundaries, not being an advocate for yourself, what do we do? We give our life away, we we allow somebody else to write our story. So in identity thief, the first sentence to my book is I burned down a barn. Now it wasn't really my fault. I mean, I just you know, if there's some sort of, you know, police out there and they're like, hmm, they're taking notes, just know that <laughs> I would not do well in jail. (laughs) So I burned down this barn. um, But what I was doing was I was, you know, I live in, I lived in the backwoods, Alabama. We're in this trailer park and the trampoline was like I I talk about the trampoline in probably every episode, but it was my entertainment. I loved it. It was probably like a couple hundred bucks, which was a lot of money back in the day. And, um, you know, it felt like buying a car. And it was my entertainment. I jumped on it, under it, around it, you know, from the rooftop. I mean, I, you know, built forts. I love that trampoline. And then one day, my little friend, Mary cutest little thing, skinny, little blonde curls. She came over and she said, my grandma is so mad. And I asked her why. And she said, because she's looking for her cigarettes. Well, Mary had stolen her cigarettes because, you know, grandma love those cigarettes more than she loved Marianne. <laughs> let's just get real. And Marianne wanted to know what the big deal was. So Marianne took those cigarettes from grandma's windowsill and she brought them over to me in the trampoline. And she she's like, hey, let's go to the barn and like see what this is all about. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, I'm not smoking a cigarette. You know, I'm nine years old. So we all go to this barn. And when we get there, it was like there were probably... 10 kids there you know between 8 and 12 years old and it looked like you know that show the goonies you know (laughs) it's like what are all these kids up to and they want to smoke a cigarette so I I was like there is no way I'm doing that I'm standing my ground but then before I knew it everybody was smoking a cigarette and I mean my face everything in me turned green I was like (laughs) I was coughing and I mean the smoke and everything was billowing out of that barn And um, I look up and I see it was like corn and vegetables, you know, all canned goods on a shelf. And there were these mason jars and it looked like somebody had put water in about 50 jars and they were just sitting there. And one of the girls took the mason jar, opened the lid, and she went to throw her lit match into that water. And when she did, there was the biggest boom, I mean, explosion explosion. And before I know it, the barn has burned to the ground, y'all. I mean, I had, somebody had double dog dared me, you know, to do this. And you cannot, as a Southern person, you cannot not take that challenge, right? I mean, even Reese Witherspoon, I am sure in Sweet Home, Alabama, she would have done this back in the day, this double dog dare. I thought for sure that I was dying. This is a PSA announcement to kids out there. Do not smoke. Okay. So... Now this barn is on fire, right? And after the investigation, they discovered that those mason jars contained moonshine. I mean, moonshine in those mason jars. Okay, so when the barn burned to the ground, it really was not my fault. I was just a part of that day. But here's the thing. I laid in bed that night and I assessed my situation. You know... Maybe I needed new friends. How had I allowed myself to walk so far down this, you know, down the off-beaten path that we had burned down a barn? You know, instead of writing my own story, I gave someone else the the power to determine its course. Are you giving someone the power to decide what your story looks like? You know, take your life back. Be your own advocate. Stand up for yourself. Protect your island. Stand up and be counted. Stop trying to not rock the boat because there's always going to be somebody mad, right? I wanted to say a little prayer here real quick. All right, Lord, in Isaiah 55, 11, it says, The word goes out from my mouth, and it will not return empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which it is sent. Help me to rely on your scripture, and help me to be thankful, Lord, for how the past has influenced who I am today. Help me not to complain or blame or see mom as suffrage, but to find solutions and have a grateful heart so that when this life I lead is over, I'll not have a single regret and that I will always write my story. In your name, amen. Until next time, here's to living your best life. Hey, guys, if this show has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to click the five stars and tell me what you think over on Apple Podcast. You can go to my website at stephaniepletka.com and subscribe or grab a copy of my book, Living Your Best Life, or even download the Audible for Moms on the Go. Are you in the Phoenix area? Tune into Faith Talk 1360 every Monday at four or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until then, here's to living your best life.